If you take anything from this podcast, take this. Do not go in and wax yourself at nine months pregnant after not having done it at all during your pregnancy. You will be sorry. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy New Year, podcast fam. Woohoo! If you are listening to this in real time, then you know that this is the very first episode of 2023. Can you even believe it? I feel like 2023, it feels so futuristic, that number <laughs> to me. I started this show back in the fall of 2019, and I really can't believe what it has grown into today. It is so awesome. We're kicking off the year with a super fun Ask Me Anything style episode, except this time I asked the community over on Instagram for their most embarrassing questions about birth. You know, those kind of things that you might be just a little bit too shy to ask, like, I don't know, you say your sister-in-law about her birth. Maybe not your sister-in-law. I'm pretty close with my sister-in-law, but I don't know. Somebody like that. <laughs> but you want to ask these questions because you really do kind of want to know. Well, let me tell you that you guys delivered, no pun intended, on the embarrassing birth questions, and I had a great time recording this episode for you guys. I love talking about embarrassing stuff. It warms my heart. It was so much fun that I actually broke it up into two parts for you. <laughs> so today we've got part one, and then next week we'll air part two. If you love these Ask Me Anything style episodes, after listening to this, be sure to check out episodes 58, 137, and 155. All right, let's dive right in. Are you guys ready? We're going to get juicy. I probably shouldn't have said juicy. <laughs> so like I said in the intro, these questions were all from Instagram. I didn't add any of these. These are from you guys. So the first one is, well, the first few kind of are about hemorrhoids and hemorrhoids during pregnancy, hemorrhoids during birth. So this first one is how often do you guys really see really, really bad hemorrhoids? I get really self-conscious of mine. I hear you. I also had really, really bad hemorrhoids during both my pregnancies and after both of my pregnancies. So they are no fun. So a hemorrhoid it's basically like a varicose vein in your anus and they can get really uncomfortable. They can protrude. You can have internal hemorrhoids or external hemorrhoids. Like I said, that protrude kind of like out of your anus. They can get really uncomfortable. They can get itchy and sometimes they even just get painful. Like they can just hurt and they're pretty common. Over half of all pregnant women actually will get them. They're commonly caused by pressure of your uterus that's expanding. And after birth, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure in your pelvic floor. And that's kind of what causes them to get even worse a lot of the times after you deliver. So to answer your question, I would say the majority of moms who I see a hemorrhoid on are not crazy, crazy bad. 
like you're envisioning them, like they are protruding all the way around your anus and and they're just huge. Definitely seen those, but I would say those are way less common than just you know, a quote unquote, what a normal hemorrhoid I would expect to see as mom is pushing. So I guess the answer is they're common, but the really, really bad ones are not super common. Going into this next question about hemorrhoids, this mom says, I'm scared to give birth when I already have painful hemorrhoids. Yeah, that I understand if there are already really painful during your pregnancy. Oh my gosh, if I'm pushing a baby out, how much more painful is this going to get, right? All right, so I'm going to preface this with, obviously, if they are painful for you and they're that painful for you during your pregnancy, I would definitely bring this up with your provider if you haven't already. There are a lot of things other than just tux pads and creams that your provider can possibly prescribe to you to help them go from being painful to just kind of being there because we don't want them to be painful, They can be painful, but ideally we want to treat them and get them to the point where they either go away and you fully treat them, or we can at least get them to an extent to where they're not crazy painful for you 100% of the time. So that would be my first advice to you is to talk to your provider and see if we can get some treatment for them during pregnancy. And then in terms of when you're giving birth, make sure you are up on that treatment plan leading into those last few weeks of your pregnancy to try and do everything you can to kind of combat that problem. What I will say too is if you plan for an epidural, having an epidural in place can provide a lot of relief for moms who have those especially horrible hemorrhoids at birth. Now, I'm not saying if you are one of these kind of moms who just you know, your hemorrhoids are especially (laughs) hemorrhoidy that you need to change your whole birth plan. You know, if you were thinking, oh, I want to kind of go without an epidural. No, you absolutely don't have to modify your birth plan just because your hemorrhoids. Just look at it like that and kind of weigh the pros and cons there. So yeah, basically answer is try and treat them as best as you can beforehand and think about what you want to do for pain control during your birth. All right, this last question about hemorrhoids is, does your doctor push the hemorrhoids back in to your butt while you're pushing? Usually, no. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody actually do that while mom is pushing. I'm trying to think back. Honestly, usually that intervention alone sometimes can irritate them even more. So usually what happens is they just don't, you know, don't really do anything and just kind of support the perineum. Because if you think about it, if they're just pushing them back in while you're pushing, as you're pushing, they're just going to keep coming out. So it really just does you more good if your provider is just kind of holding support there on your perineum instead of actually pushing them back in. Now, afterwards, I have seen some providers do this, but again, most providers are not even going to touch them, push them back in because a lot of times you're already so swollen down there that manipulating them right now is going to do more harm than good. Are feelings of anxiety and what ifs filling your head when you think about giving birth? Take a deep breath with me, grab my hand and join me for a totally free class to start gaining the confidence that you deserve. 
gain instant access to my free on-demand workshop, Three Secrets to an Even Better Birth at mommylabornurse.com slash birth workshop. Inside of this 45-minute go-at-your-own-pace video class, you'll discover the three elements of birth preparation that pack the most punch, learn strategies you can use in preparation for birth and during labor, walk away with tons of actionable tips that you and your partner can start practicing right away, and so much more. Sign up for free right now at mommylabornurse.com slash birth workshop. That's mommylabornurse.com slash birth workshop. Can't wait to see you in there. These next few questions are about <gasps> masturbation. <laughs> So this question is, can masturbation during L&D help move things along? Did you guys know that this question is actually true? Yes, it absolutely can. If you are down for it, go at it. I don't know that I can say that I was ever in that right frame of mindset when I was in labor to be doing that sort of thing. But yeah, hey, when you are having sex, when you're masturbating, any sort of nipple stimulation, anything like that, it is making your body release oxytocin and that can help you progress. So yeah, the answer to this is yes, it can. And then this next question was, why was delivering my baby so relieving? It felt similar to an orgasm. So orgasmic birth is somewhat of a new concept, but I believe it's been happening for as long as anybody's been giving birth. Essentially, orgasmic birth is just that some people may be able to, I think, you know, the thought is that everyone can achieve an orgasm or several during childbirth, but it's the idea that some people can actually have orgasms during labor or as baby is coming out. There's not very much research on this. It's largely anecdotal, but the point is that it definitely happens to some people. It's definitely been reported. So how is this even possible? So like I said, it's very understudied. But one theory suggests that, you know, baby is moving, going through these same parts of your body that are involved when you have sex. So there can be just similar pressures, similar sensations that can lead your body to experience an orgasm. And from what I've read, because childbirth in and of itself is much more intense, usually these orgasms that these women are experiencing are much more intense, crazy orgasms than just your normal, you know, run of the mill orgasm, I guess, if that's how you want to describe it. It's also worth mentioning that obviously oxytocin is at play during birth, during sex. So there's probably a combination of the babies hitting the right parts and your brain is, you know, giving off enough oxytocin that can lead some people to experience orgasm. But going back to her original question, why was delivering my baby so relieving? It felt similar to an orgasm and I wish I could answer this question from a medical standpoint, but I can answer this question from a personal standpoint. I do absolutely remember that it's almost like a release. You know, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're going so hard, you're working so hard. And then finally, when the baby's out, it's so relieving. And yeah, in a sense, it can have a similar 
feeling to working so hard, I guess, you know, when you're having sex and then that release. In fact, some people, when they describe orgasmic birth, they're not actually describing that you're having a true orgasm when you are giving birth. They are just describing that you are going from intense, you know, pain and discomfort to intense pleasure. And it's that transition that is orgasmic in its nature. And if that's true, then I definitely had with my first one an orgasmic birth. The next questions are about what to wear during labor, being naked. And, you know, that can be kind of embarrassing. So this first one is what kind of outfit do you wear like during labor? Like, do you wear pants or underwear? Like, I don't understand the top situation with skin to skin either. This is a good question. So hospital gowns are designed with these little kind of buttons up top. And if you get one that's made, you know, or you make your own or something, usually they have these little buttons or like Velcro that you can kind of open the top where your shoulders are. And that allows it to kind of come down. And so that baby can kind of sit there and there's just like a little bit more room for baby to do skin to skin. I've also just seen it where they're just really, really stretchy and you can kind of stretch them open and stick baby inside and do skin to skin right after birth. So that explains the top situation. Now, in terms of the bottom, usually I encourage patients to just kind of wear whatever they want. If you are early in labor and you feel more comfortable kind of wearing your underwear and a pad around, then, you know, wear your underwear for a while. At some point, you know, especially once you start pushing, you know, you'll probably have to take off your underwear. But I would say most people take off their underwear from the beginning and just kind of wear a hospital gown or wear their gown. And others, you know, just kind of wear a sports bra and don't really wear any sort of gown or anything up top. And then some people just don't wear anything and that's okay too. This next question is, what do I wear in the bathtub or shower if I don't want to be completely naked? Okay, yeah, that's good. So I would say the sports bra, if you want to just kind of cover your boobs, you can bring like a swimsuit top. I've seen people absolutely do that. I wouldn't get your actual gown in there because that's just it's too much material. You need something that's kind of close to your skin. If you want to wear bottoms, you can wear bottoms. Most of the time, if I have moms who are like a little bit more modest, they don't care about the bottom at all because I feel like sometimes it's kind of restricting to be moving your hips around and having a swimsuit bottom or even underwear on in the bathtub. You kind of need just nothing on your bottom when you're in the bathtub or when you're in the shower. But Absolutely. I've seen moms wear, you know, like a sports bra just to kind of contain the boobs. I'm pretty sure I did that with both of mine. I just kind of had a sports bra. I get it. You just want to contain them. (laughs) And then this next girl asked, do lots of people really labor naked? Yeah, you can get really, really hot during labor. So oftentimes it's not because they decide beforehand, hey, I'm going to just take off all my clothes and labor. It's because That's just what feels natural to them. And I'm going to take this off and I'm just going to labor because I'm just so hot and I don't want anything touching my skin. That's perfectly fine. And then this last question was, can you wear pants or undies while laboring? Already kind of talked about this a little bit, but yeah, you can. I always encourage moms to wear underwear as long as they want to wear underwear. We're never going to be like, you have to take off your underwear right now unless you know, you're like pushing and the baby's like pushing against your underwear. (laughs) 
But yeah, if it's more comfortable for you to wear underwear while you're kind of laboring, it's okay. You can wear underwear. All right, the sound of that heartbeat. Uh See, we changed the tone. It's not a baby crying anymore. It's a heartbeat. The sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, this one says, took your MLN epidural series class and it was incredible. I ended up being induced after I went overdue and I was 100% prepared. Hooray! I was admitted at 8 p.m., got the epidural at midnight and had my baby at 7.09 a.m. Woo, that's quick. Good. I knew the questions to ask and specifically asked my L&D nurse, who is an absolute angel, to keep moving me around. She even assumed baby was likely sunny side up and used the peanut ball to help get baby girl in the right spot. I only pushed for about a half hour and only needed one stitch. I could not have asked for a better birth experience, and I know it's because I took your class and was so informed. I had an active role in my labor, and that meant everything. Oh, that last sentence, though. Mm, I love that. That is what I'm trying to get you guys to understand and to recognize that that is such an important part of going into your birth is feeling like you actually are going to be an active participant instead of a passive participant. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. All right. This next question is, I am so scared to tear super badly. And this one was asked a lot of times. I get it. Tearing is so, so terrifying for so many people and it makes sense. And I'm going to say The answer to this question is I actually have a whole podcast episode that I dedicated to answering this and breaking it down in detail of like what the different degrees are in terms of tearing, you know, what the percentages are, treatments, this, that, and the other. I did a whole episode just answering this question, and that is episode 121. So go back and listen to that episode if you are afraid of tearing or you are like, just wanting to know a little bit more about tearing. All right, this next question is, is pubic hair okay or do I need to shave it? So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've done a few posts on this because this is definitely one of those questions that gets brought up a lot of the time or it doesn't get brought up because people are wondering it and they want to ask it, but they're like too afraid to ask it. So the answer is no, you don't have to shave. You don't have to wax. You don't have to do anything before you come in to have your baby. What I always tell moms is if you are the kind of person that you're a religious shaver during your pregnancy, you've been shaven and it just feels more comfortable to you to have that area shaved to your liking, go for it. It's fine. If you don't do it beforehand, that's fine too. But if you're the kind of mom that's like, I can't even see anything down there and (laughs) I can't even imagine putting a razor or wax or anything down there. Do not feel like you have to do anything special before you give birth. Sometimes the concern that people have is, well, if I'm not shaving, like what if I tear and then there's hair? So let me just talk about that for a second. When you tear, typically, I've never seen anybody tear where there is pubic hair and it's really a problem. I've seen a couple like labial tears, but typically when you tear, it's going to be inside your perineum 
where there is absolutely no hair. So that is not a concern. Another thing that people say is, well, you know, isn't it just better for like cleanliness and cleaning up? And I get that to an extent. Sometimes if you are shaved or waxed and you're on your period, you know, there's blood can kind of get mixed with your pubic hair and it can be a little bit harder to clean. And for that purpose, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit like easier to kind of clean up if you don't have pubic hair down there. But again, it's not going to make or break your experience. Bottom line, though, you definitely do not have to shave or wax or do anything, any sort of hair removal before birth because someone told you that you have to do that before you have your baby. In fact, like I said, if you have not been shaving, you know, during your whole pregnancy, don't shave. A lot of times if that pubic hair hasn't been shaved in a while and then you're 40 weeks pregnant and you go to shave it, you can get really ingrown hairs. It can get really angry. So just don't mess with it. That's also true for waxing. Oh my goodness. So same goes. If you have been waxing your whole pregnancy and you know, you're just the kind of person that you go once a month or once every few weeks to get your lady bits, you know, waxed, then fine. But oh my gosh, if you take anything from this podcast, take this. Do not go in and wax yourself at nine months pregnant after not having done it at all during your pregnancy. You will be sorry. I will repeat that. Do not go and get a wax nine months pregnant without having any previous wax experience. It will not be fun whatsoever and you will cry. No, don't do that. (laughs) I have one more question here. Will my vagina go back to normal after birth and will sex feel different? So the answer to the first question is yes, it will. You know, just everything down there when you look at things, if you dare so, you know, take a mirror and and look at things down there, you know, it's going to be pretty swollen for a little while, but eventually things are going to look just how they did before you had your baby. Now, in terms of how it feels, everything should generally go back to the way it was, but that process can take a little bit longer. I always encourage moms to go and see a pelvic floor physical therapist after birth. It's actually recommended that all postpartum moms be seen by a pelvic floor PT But obviously, this doesn't always happen for everyone, but it is recommended that everyone go and see one, regardless of if you have a vaginal delivery or if you have a C-section. Because the reality is so many of us, I think it's like one in three or one in four women have some degree of pelvic floor dysfunction after childbirth. And just like anything, prevention, being on top of these things, you know, before they progress and need treatment really is your best bet and is going to benefit you in the long run. Now, to answer the second question about sex, I actually did a whole podcast episode on this where I had a pelvic floor PT come on and we talked all about pelvic floor sexual health during postpartum. And that is way back in episode 11. She gives some really, really concrete tips there. But basically, What I took from that episode was it really boils down to giving yourself a lot more time than you think to kind of get in the mood and use a lot more lubrication than you think you might need. But yeah, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode 11 because she gives a lot of really, really great tips in that episode. Because the answer is, yes, sex likely will feel different. 
but it doesn't have to be overtly painful and it shouldn't be overtly painful. And there's a lot of things that you can do to help that. So the next episode, we are going to be talking all about the bathroom. You guys were very, very passionate about pooping and peeing and farting during pushing and birth. So I have a lot of questions about that. And that whole next episode is going to be dedicated to those sorts of embarrassing questions. So stay tuned and I will see you guys next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver.